Hey everyone, it's Trevor, and thank you for joining us today. If you're brand new here, welcome. Our mission is that you would get to know God personally, and that you've been created on purpose and for a purpose. Our hope is that you would be empowered to discover and live out the life that God intended you to live. If you're joining us online, welcome. We're so glad that you're tuning in. Make sure you subscribe to our channel and turn on the notification bell so you can know every time we go live. And if you need prayer or want to be connected, make sure to text the number right here on the screen. To everyone here in person, you can find our welcome card and our prayer card in the seat pocket in front of you. Fill those out because we'd love to get to know you better and also know how to pray for you. If you're here for the first time, bring your welcome card out to the Connect Center right after service and we'll give you a Starbucks gift card. All right, so we've got three announcements for you today. First is that we have the ladies' night on May 24th. We have a great night planned for just the ladies with food, fun, and friends. You'll want to sign up early because on Wednesday, prices will increase. You can sign up in the courtyard or on our app. The second announcement is that coming up this summer, drum roll please, we've got Kids Camp. Kids Camp is for students who have completed kindergarten through the fourth grade. Honestly, spaces are filling up pretty fast, so make sure that you register your child today. And the last announcement is for all of you who are 55 years or older. On May 27th, we will be starting Fellowship Fridays up here in the courtyard from 9.30 a.m. to 12 p.m. Fellowship Fridays meet weekly and is full of free activities. It's a great place to invite friends and family to have fun and get connected. If you missed anything I just said, text the number right here on the screen or head out to the Connect Center after service. And with that, get out your notes and let's welcome Pastor Tom to the stage. Whoa. What's up guys, how you guys doing? What's up Friday night? Woo. Was communion good or what? Come on, remembering Jesus. Um, that's what we're here for, right? We're here to worship Jesus. Um, but hey, I'm Tom, if you guys don't know me, hi, what's up? Thank you, thank you. Some of you guys do know me. That's awesome. Um, um, I'm privileged to uh, give you the word tonight and actually kick off a brand new series. Uh, we finished the Entrusted series, and then we had the Mother's Day special message by Anu, who rocked it. I don't know if she's in here. She was awesome. Um, I was here at the 11 when her kid was here and crying, and she just, she just had composure. She's like, nope, I'm not, not giving in to you. Little, little kid. Um, it was awesome. But I, I get to kick off a new series called The Beatitudes or Beatitudes. And some of you guys, anybody, let's take a poll. Do you guys know what I'm talking about when I say the Beatitudes? Anybody know what that is? Okay. About three of you guys. And so I got my work cut out for me. Um, and we'll be talking about that. They're really, they're statements that Jesus made on the Sermon on the Mount. We'll talk about that later. But really, I, I want to ask a kind of a stupid question. I like to, I like to start off with stupid questions. Uh, Anybody have a happy place that you go to? Anybody? Like, you know, I, I, I feel like bringing this up is kind of sacrilegious. Remember the, the movie Happy Gilmore? Come on! All you old folk, it's an old movie, it's the 90s. Happy Gilmore, right? He was a golf, he became a golf pro, but he could hit the long balls, but his putting was horrible. And so his coach, Chubbs, was like, you know how you can work on your putting? Go to your happy place right? So he would go to his happy place and it would make him calm 
and it, you know, he would think about these things, and, it, and he just kind of like, okay, took his time, and then it's like, ah, and his putting got better. And so my question is, is where is your happy place? Is it a physical location where you like to go to where you have peace, where you're calm, where the anxiety and the worries kind of melt away and you get to focus on what's really important in your life and you feel whole? I, I hope you have a place like that. And I, I do. I was thinking, I asked my, myself the same question. I'm like, where is my happy place? And there's this specific beach, which I'm not going to tell you where it is, by the way. It's a secret spot. I'm going to tell you right now, it's a secret spot. I'm not going to show a picture because you're going, oh, I know where that is. Nope. Uh, but this place is awesome because this is where I go with my family, my whole family. And it's just an awesome place. It's, 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 it's kind of secret. People don't know too much about it. So it's uncrowded. We go there and it's perfect. And there's like these little tide pools like Reese so that all my kids, my kids are kind of young, so they don't drown. Right? When we're not watching them really properly. But they can just go, they can just wade in the tide pools and it's shallow enough where they can swim and have fun. Um, another, another feature of this place is there's my wife, and actually I do too, but my wife loves to walk the beach and look for shells. Anybody like, that, like doing that? You, like, you find these awesome shells? And um, this place has amazing shells. And uh, it wasn't even my wife who found my, my kids just literally stumbled on a perfectly um, round bubble shell. Anybody know what a bubble shell is? It's like, you know, it's, in my opinion, way better than those sunrises. I, if you have one, I'm sorry. It's like bubble shell. And they, they literally was just like, oh, what's this? A perfect bubble shell. It, here it is. Here's a picture of the bubble shell. Anybody? Oh, wait, do you have it? You don't have it. Okay, no bubble shell. Go Google the bubble shell. It's super rare. It's like, and my kids found it. And we're like, ah. And my mom, my, not my mom, my wife claimed that she found it, but my kids found it. Um, and here's the most awesome thing. This place is the trifecta, right? A place for the kids, shells for my wife, and there's awesome surf 50 yards out as well. I'm like, ooh. This place is literally the best place ever, and I'm not going to tell you where it is. Don't even ask. Um, and this is my happy place. And really, it's not just about the location. It's the feeling, the state of mind I have in that location. I have peace. I look at my family. I look at my kids and my wife. And my, I'm, I, I have gratitude. I, I feel whole. I, all the worries of, of life kind of melt away. And that is my happy place. And here's the one thing I'm saying. This is why I'm talking about this. I'm kind of pressing into this. God has a happy place for you. And it's not necessarily a location, but it's a state of mind. It's a state of happiness. It's a state of blessedness in your life. And he, he has that available to you. How many of you guys even know what no, you did have that available to you? Well, Jesus painted this picture with these eight statements that he said, blessed are, blah, blah, blah. And he just kind of, he stated these statements and it paints this picture of this blessed life, this state of blessedness. And they call those eight statements the Beatitudes. Ta-da! That's where we're at. So we're starting a whole new series based on the Beatitudes. I, I, have, uh, I have the privilege of introducing uh, you to Beatitudes, and I'm going to actually dive into the first one. But uh, let me read these eight statements that say, blessed are what are the Beatitudes? Well, let me read the whole thing first. 
Oh, there it is. That's a bubble shell. That is a straight bubble shell. Look, has anybody found any of those? Yeah, I thought not. Hello. That thing is, I mean, it's whole. Okay, that looks huge, but it's like about that small, really. It's like, it's super tiny. That thing is amazing. But let me, there it is, the happy place. I'm not telling you where that is. Okay. Matthew 5, it says this. Let me read the whole thing. Bear with me. This is the whole Beatitudes. It says this, seeing the crowds, Jesus, seeing the crowds, he went up to, uh, uh, on the mountain, and when he sat down, his disciples came to him. And he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who persecute uh, for righteousness sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others re re revile, re revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil uh, against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad for you, for your reward is great in heaven, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Isn't that awesome? Now you're thinking, Tom, I counted nine. You're wrong. Well, actually, the ninth one is actually connected to the eighth one, so you're wrong. Sorry. Getting a little saucy tonight. No, there's eight. And so really nine is just an, ex the ninth one is just an extension of eight. And uh, just to let you guys know that. But this is, you know, to, just to put it into context, to get the kind of the bird's eye view of what the Beatitudes are, is in Matthew, you have uh, arguably uh, uh, Jesus' most famous sermon. It's called the Sermon on the Mount, right? And it's from Matthew 5 all the way to, to Matthew 7. And it's this amazing sermon that he gave. And some theologians think it's a bunch of sermons put together, but we, we'd have no idea. And you just go read it. But it's amazing. And he kicks the whole sermon off with these Beatitudes. This is what we just read. And, and really, where did we get the, the word Beatitude? Um, I did my research on Wikipedia. And um, it's so reliable, right? And so um, it, it, uh, it kind of stems from the Latin word uh, Beatitudo. I'm sorry, I have to like put the Beatitudo. Like, sorry. Sorry, if you're Italian, I'm so sorry. I'm, I have tons of Filipino jokes I can tell you if you want to hear them. So Beatitudo. And so really kind of that means a state of blessedness. It's a state of being blessed. You're in this this kind of vibe and mindset of, of blessedness. And, 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 it, and it, it, you know, in English, it's the Beatitudes. And so here's an important note that you have to catch uh, about this, is that when Jesus started talking, he says he saw the crowds and went up to the mountain and he started speaking to who? The, the disciples. That's who he, he so the, the Beatitudes and the Sermon is really, he's talking to the disciples. He's talking to the followers that have already agreed to follow him and believe in him. So they're the inner circle. They're the, inner, they're the guys that, you know, it's like you go to church. You're, you're in the connect group. You're in the inner circle. So he's talking kind of like to his disciples, 
But you have to realize this too. He's not shunning away anybody from listening in. You know, the looky-loos. It's like, you know, he's talking to the disciples and some guy's like, I want to hear, you know. And they're just kind of like gathering around because Jesus is causing momentum. Right? They're, they're hearing about him, and he, the crowds are gathering. So as he's talking to the inner circle, there's these guys just checking it out and going, oh, wow, I, like, I kind of want to be a part of it. And so when he's saying these beatitudes to the disciples, he's saying, you know what, guys? As my followers, this is what your life should look like. This state of blessedness. I have it available to you guys. I am the Messiah. God has sent me to bring the kingdom of heaven to your life. He's saying these amazing things, and actually that's what I want to talk about is if you really look at the first beatitude and the last beatitude, right, it's these blessed statements, and it says because of this, and it says theirs is the kingdom of heaven. I I want you guys to take note of that. That's very, very important because... It's kind of like a kingdom of heaven sandwich in the Beatitudes. It's the first and the last one, and in the middle of it are all these kind of future tense. You will get this, and you will get that, and we're going to get into all those in later weeks. But the one thing I want to tell you is that in the first one and the last one, he says this. You got to get this. This is important. That theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Not... You're going to get a future in heaven, which we will because we're followers of Jesus, right? He's saying that you will get a taste of heaven now. Come on. That's present tense. That you will experience God's rule in your life right now. It's not something you're going to wait for. It's something that you're going to get now. And maybe it's just a glimmer and a glimpse, because guess what? Heaven's going to be way better than you think it is. It, it is. I'm going to tell you right now. It's going to blow your mind like, ah, I got it wrong. We're all going to get it wrong. But we get to now, Jesus is saying, experience a glimmer and a glimpse of heaven in our life right now, because we are under his rule and under his covering and under his blessings. That's what Jesus is saying right now. And I want you to get that, that it's, it's something that you can experience now. Now, I'm going to be very, very honest with you guys. The Beatitudes and even the Sermon on the Mount, it, growing up, I've been a Christian a long time, right? I make the, uh, the Kapuna cut, by the way, pretty soon, the 55. I'm, I'm, I'm reaching though, that age. I'm like, whoa, wait a minute. I'm invited to that thing. Hold on. Getting up there. I've been a Christian a long time, but I'm going to admit to you guys that the Beatitudes and the Sermon on the Mount, it's been kind of, it's, it was kind of crypt, uh, uh, cryptic to me a little bit. It's a little bit like, yeah, I get it, but kind of don't get it. Anybody with me? Oh, no one wants to admit. Thank you. Thank you. And here's what I've realized over the years. Jesus' teachings are very simple. But at the same time, they're extremely deep. And isn't that God? Isn't that Jesus, the genius of the Holy Spirit, that Jesus can say some of the most simplest things, but you can spend your whole life figuring them out. And that's what we're going to do. We're, we're going to take these simple things, what I just read, and let's go, let's dive a little bit deeper into them. Let's, let's, let's look at the deeper meaning. And the, the, and the one thing I want to tell you guys 
is really give you some advice of how to understand the Beatitudes, how to make the most of the Beatitudes. So um, the first thing I want to say to you guys is how can you understand the Beatitudes is know why Jesus came in the first place. That you have to know why Jesus came. And really the simple answer is he came to save us because we just took communion. Can I get a hallelujah amen for that? He died for our sins. He, he gave us grace. But there's an amazing verse in Luke 4 that, I, that Jesus specifically stated why he came. It's an interesting verse. It's, he basically stated his purpose. And I want to read it. And I'll, let me set this up. Uh, Jesus is just starting his ministry. He, you know, just beginning to do the miracles and the teachings. He's traveling around. He goes to his hometown in Nazareth. He's in a temple. And while in the temple, someone hands him the scroll, because they didn't have Bibles. They had the scroll of Isaiah. Now, if you guys don't know who Isaiah is, Isaiah was a prophet seven to 800 years uh, before even Jesus was born, way back. But Isaiah is famous for having these prophecies, especially about the coming of the Messiah. Are you guys with me? So Isaiah had all these like, man, like this guy's gonna be, you know, uh, he, uh, pierced and, and he's gonna whipped and his stripes will, by his stripes will be healed. These are the Isaiah prophecies of the coming Messiah. And so when Jesus was handed the scroll, he turns, and I don't know what, how do you do the scroll, and well, we know now that he read, he reads one of the prophecies about the coming Messiah. Now, they didn't have chapters and verses, but we know it's Isaiah uh, 61, verse 1 and 2. And he stands up, and he reads this prophecy. And he, says, it's a, he says this, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. For he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim the captives will be released, that the blind will see, and the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. He rolls up the scroll, gives it back to the attendant, and sits down. And really, you have to kind of paint this picture, because it's an amazing picture. Because when Jesus was reading it, he was reading it, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to bring the good news. He sent me to proclaim that the captives are released and that the time of the Lord's... He was basically saying me. And people, think about this. This is a 700-year-old prophetic word by Isaiah. They're waiting for the Messiah and here, this homeboy from Nazareth is saying, I'm the one. So he sits down, he's all quiet, and then he finally says this. The scripture you just heard has been fulfilled this very day. Now, imagine what those guys were thinking. Actually, it's written down there. It's like, isn't that Joseph's son? Wasn't that the guy that fixed my bathroom? What, what? I, went to, I went to school with that guy. What? Him? Jesus? But we all know he was the Messiah. And that everything that he said was true and was coming true. Amen? That that prophetic word was absolutely about him. Now, why is this important? Because Jesus states why he came. 
he came to proclaim the good news to the poor. He came to proclaim that the captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. That's his purpose. Now apply this to your life, because really, I want to make this personal. Why did he even come for you? He came to give you good news. He came to set you free from everything that is holding you captive. That sin that trips you up, that addiction, that thing you just always constantly do that you don't want to do. He's, he's come to set you free of that. He's come to give sight to the blind and heal your inf infirmities. Bring healing. Give you sight. And to proclaim that God's favor is all over you. Come on, isn't that awesome? That's Jesus. I'm just reading the scripture. That's what, that's the, that was his purpose. That's why he came. You know what? And the most amazing thing is I see this happen all the time. I'm a pastor, of course. I see, but I see this in, in the lives. I'm looking at the lives that, I, that I, I know you guys pretty well, that God has transformed you, that he has set you free, that not just blind in the physical blindness, but uh, he's giving you a different way to look at things. He's, he's seen you, his eyes are, your eyes are open to God's kingdom and God's purposes and God's perspective. Now, I just finished my connect group. Anybody in a connect group? You gotta get in one, a little small group. We just finished Alpha, Coach Ron is here. Alpha, who was all, who, my Alpha crew, anybody else? Yeah, oh, there you, yeah, there you are, yeah, there you guys are. Yeah. We just had, we just finished it this Wednesday and I just said, hey, what, what did Alpha, what did this connect group mean to you? And the amazing testimonies that people just were sharing how the Holy Spirit moved in their life, how they got healed, how they got a new uh, uh, idea that the God really, really loves them. And Jesus' purpose was alive and well in my connect group. And God was doing things. Well, guess what? Apply this to the Beatitudes. This is what, getting back to the, the point of the sermon, is that you have to know that these Beatitudes... It's God's purposes. It's all over that. That the Beatitudes are all about setting you free, bringing healing in your life, and giving a, you a different way to look at things. A different perspective. God's perspective. That is different from the world, by the way. Right? When you hear the word happy, right? Most of the list is about money. It's about possessions, right? It's about status. It's about, you know, who you're with. Right, sorry, I'm doing that. Who you're with, right? None of that is in here. Jesus is stating things that are kind of almost countercultural, like to the world and going, that's going to make me happy? Like, like, look, just take it face value. Blessed are those who mourn. What? Because they will be comforted. Because you're mine, right? These are amazing statements that go culture, counterculture to what the world is saying. And this is a great way just to, to know that the Beatitudes are all about Jesus' purpose. And, and I love even that last line of Jesus' purpose, that the time of the Lord's favor has come. You know what that means? 
we read the, uh, the New Living Translation. That's usually our go-to Bible. But I remember when the New Living Translation first came out, they took out the word grace, and they put the word special favor. Remember that, Rob? It was like, you know, it was um, like Ephesians 2.8, like, for by God's special favor, you've been saved. Usually it's for God, by God's grace, you've been saved. Am I butchering that sermon? That mess, uh, verse, sorry. I guess some people complain because they put grace back in. <laughs> but I never forgot that that's a great definition of grace. Special favor. That through Jesus Christ, you have God's special favor on your life. And when Jesus is stating the Beatitudes, he's saying, this is the results and the fruit of my special favor over you. So that's one way to make sure you understand the Beatitudes is to know Jesus' purpose, which leads me to my second um, way to understand the Beatitudes is it's all about God's grace. The Beatitudes are all about God's grace. These are statements of God's grace. These are declarations of, of his special favor on your life. You have to look at them that way. Because here's the thing. I didn't look at the Beatitudes right for a long time. You know what I thought the Beatitudes were all about? He said, I, I used to think, if you do this, God will give you this. Anybody think that way? I mean, like, right? If I, if I do these works, God will give me the blessing. And really, if you look at the, 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 um, the original language, right? I did my research, right? Not just Wikipedia. Um, the Greek, the Makarios, really just means fortunate. It means happy. That's all it means. That you're fortunate and happy. There's no connotation that says that God will give you something if you do this. It's just a blessing. It's you're fortunate. You're lucky. You know. You're like wow, lucky you. You know. Um, and even I, I saw a commentary that says it's it's almost inferring that when someone looks upon you being blessed by the Lord, like you're a little bit of it, like envious a little bit. It's like, ooh, what does he have that I don't have? Right? You're you're walking this blessed life. And I was thinking about how to, you know, how do I explain this? My, my brother-in-law um, just is on his way right now. They're driving to Disney World, right? So my brother-in-law has five kids, and so now all my kids are jealous, right? So that's their cousins. And they're like, ah, you get to go to Disney World and do all that, right? So they're driving there, and I was thinking about this. Those kids... They're blessed. They get to go, to go to the happiest place on earth, right? They didn't earn it. There was no merit like, hmm, which child are we going to leave behind here? Let's see. Yeah, you weren't that great, you kindergartner. I'm going to, sorry, you get to stay home. You know why they get to go on that trip? Because they're in the family. And that's it. They didn't earn it. They didn't deserve it. They're just on a family trip. And how do you get the Beatitudes? You're just part of God's family. How do you get the blessings? You didn't earn it. It's a free gift from our God. Let me, let me, let me put it in this way. Um, you know, look at, look at verse 7. 
right? One of the Beatitudes says this, blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Now, if you were looking at the verse like I used to look at it, like, okay, God will bless me, God will be merciful on me if I am merciful to others. So guess what? Now I'm gonna, get a, I'm gonna take a tally of all the people that I'm gonna have mercy on. Like that guy who cut me off, I'm not gonna flick him off. I'm gonna show him mercy, right? Mercy is not giving someone what, something that they deserve, right? My daughter, she spilled milk on the carpet the other day. I'm gonna give her some mercy. A little mercy. How about that irritating guy at work, right? Really irritating. Mercy. And now we're writing these things down in hope that one day when we get to heaven, God, I got my list. Did I earn the mercy? Because that's what it says in the verse that it's based on merit and my work. But here's the absolute truth, which I know you guys know. You already have God's mercy. He bought it on the cross 2,000 years ago for you. That's what we took communion about. You're already living in God's grace right now. It is active in your life. It's not something you work for later, and in heaven, he will finally give it to you. Are you guys with me? You already have God's favor. And when you walk out, what Jesus is saying, just this is walk out this, this little glimpse of, of heaven in your life, in your life will be blessed. It is a free gift. That's why it's so important. Ephesians 2.8. Here, I don't have to butcher the verse because it's right here. Ephesians 2.8 says this. God saved you by his grace when you believed, and you can't take credit for it. For this, it is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done. So none of us can boast about it, which leads me to my last point is um, it is also about your need for God's grace. Okay, the Beatitudes are about God's grace, but it is also about your need for a Savior. Your need to be forgiven even if you don't deserve it. Oh, hello. And it says this, and I'm gonna, like I said, I'm gonna dive into the very first one. The very first Beatitude, which I almost named the point, Jesus starts off with a banger. That was literally my, I thought about that's going to be the point. Because to me, the first one is just, it's that important. It, 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 I, I believe it's like he knew what he was doing when he said this, because this, it's so important. It, the first three says this, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. The NLT version says this, God blesses those who are poor and realize their need for him for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. You know what poor in spirit means? Is that you realize that you don't have anything to offer God, that you can't save yourself, that you need someone to save you. That is, that is being poor in spirit. That if you look at why Jesus came, you're going to admit that I am poor, that I've been captive to some things, that I need healing, that I need, I need sight to, to be, from being blind, that I need to be set free from my oppressors, that there's things that are holding me down, that I am, can I say this, a sinner in need of salvation, that you actually admit that, that you recognize that. The opposite is someone who is rich in spirit, which means... 
They have everything that they need. That they don't, they don't need someone to save them. Because they, they're saving themselves. They, they're, they're becoming their own God. But Jesus is saying, if you're poor in spirit, it means you're hungering for someone to pull out and rescue you, pull you out of the pit and rescue you, and put your feet on solid ground. And guess what? I am him. I am your savior. And so when someone is poor in spirit, is just reminding themselves that, wow, I... I I can't do it alone. I have to depend on God. And I think this is very important because even for reading the rest of the Sermon on the Mount, it, it changes the way you look at things. I mean, if, here, here's one example. Um, and pe- some people just don't get this when they read. Uh, just a few verses down, it says this. Jesus said this. Get this. I'm going to read it. It's verse uh, 21 in chapter 5. You have heard that our ancestors were told, you must not murder. If you commit murder, you are subject to judgment. But I say, if you are even angry with someone, you are subject to judgment. If you call someone an idiot, you are in danger of being brought before the court. And if you curse someone, you are in danger of the fires of hell. It's really quiet in here. You know why? Because we're all feeling pretty guilty right now. And, and really, what you're saying is, it's like, what? That means everyone is guilty. Yep. What? That's impossible to even follow that. Yep. Which means this. Every single one of us are in need of the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. The standard, Jesus is saying, the standard is so high, you can't do it. Only I can. That's his point. That's what he's saying. And when you understand your need for God's grace, you want to grab a hold of that. And I, that's a, in Romans 3.23, it says this, for everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. But verse 24, yet God in his grace freely makes us right in his sight. He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty of our sins. Wow, right? Isn't genius, Jesus genius? I mean, like, this is what, this is what the, this, these Beatitudes and the Sermon is all about. Um, and you know what? I'm a, like I said, I've been a Christian a long time, and I'm going to close with this. And I've been a pastor a long time. And I still need to re- remind myself that I need to be poor in spirit. I can come to the place, I've been a Christian a long time, I'm a pastor, I know God. I don't know God. I know how to do, th- no, I don't know how to do this. And a couple, a couple years ago, um, I was just reminded uh, because I was struggling. I, I, was, I was offended by someone. I, was, I was really had unforgiveness and bitterness towards someone, and we were at odds, and, and it was pretty bad. And, um, and I remember just in that, in that time, I was just, it was eating me up. It was, you know, it was causing me not to sleep at night, and I was just, it was... Just one of those deals, and I was like, God, what's going on? How do I deal with this? 
right? I just, I, I don't know how to deal with this. And I, I kind of stumbled upon this song by the, the Avid Brothers, if you're a fan. Um, me and Tammy, where's Tammy? Um, this song called No Hard Feelings by the Avid Brothers. Anybody heard that song? Great song. And uh, I was just going through a hard time. And this song is about a guy, think about when the day he dies and he goes to heaven, that he doesn't want to have any, any hard feelings taking up to heaven. And he's talking about when you get to heaven, all that stuff, all the envy and the lust and the, and the bitterness, all that becomes irrelevant at that time. And it's just praise and worship and fellowship. It becomes irrelevant. And one of the lines says this, it says, talking about no hard feelings, is that Lord knows that haven't done much good for anyone. It kept me afraid and cold with so much to have and to hold. And when I realized in listening to that song, is that in God's kingdom, there are so many things that are not important and are irrelevant. And when I get to heaven, I'm going to be friends with that person. But I figured something out. Why do I have to wait to heaven to be friends with that person? Why do I have to wait to heaven to hold on, to let go of those feelings? Why don't I just let go of those hard feelings right now? And welcome the kingdom of God into my life and experience it. So was, at that point, it was just easy to forgive. It was easy to let go. It was easy to, it's not important anymore. And there's a bow to the end of the story. You know what? Yeah, I, we made up with that person. I'm reconciled with them. We're good friends now. Praise the Lord. But I want to tell you this. I had freedom way before that. Because in my heart, I knew that, you know what? A blessed life is being poor in spirit, knowing that everyone needs a Savior. And my challenge to you this week Just ask yourself, are you poor in spirit? Or are you a little bit self-sufficient? Are you in control of certain aspects of your life? And they're like, I can do this, God. I got this. And I wanna challenge you, because I still have to remind myself my absolute need for my Savior, Jesus Christ. So I want you guys to dig into that. Let's pray. Lord, we come before you right now and I thank you for your word. Lord, if my words meant anything. I pray that it was your heart coming out. Lord, I pray that this week, every single one of us can kind of look at our hearts and ask ourselves, are we poor in spirit? Because Jesus, you said, if we are poor in spirit, the kingdom of heaven is ours. Not in the future, which is great. I'm looking forward to that. But it's for me right here 
and now in my present life. And Lord, I want that. And I pray that everybody here would want that, that we would examine ourselves and go, where am I holding on to? Where am I trying to save myself in my addictions and the things that I struggle with, that I'm just trying my best, that I need to relinquish that and let go to you and let you do the work, God. Help me to do that this week. Help all of us to do that, to be more like you, more poor in spirit, so that we can see your kingdom in our lives. With all eyes closed and head bowed, I just want to give one more opportunity in prayer for anyone to make Jesus Christ their Lord and Savior. Jesus Christ died for you. That's why we took communion. He died on the cross. He willingly gave himself. Rose again from the grave three days later and, and conquered sin. And he conquered death in your life. Which means you are forgiven of sin by his grace, his special favor on your life. And all he asks is that you acknowledge that he did that on the cross for you. And that you would make him his Lord, uh, make him your Lord and Savior. If you want to do that, I'm going to say a prayer, but can you do me a favor? Can you just right now just raise your hand and let me know that you want to pray with me? Does anybody want to do that? I see a hand out there. I see a hand over here. Awesome. Anybody else want to? People see you, we see you in the courtyard see you online. Say this prayer and make this prayer your own to Jesus right now. Jesus, I believe what you did on the cross for me. You willingly gave your life for me. And I thank you for that. Thank you for forgiving me, washing me clean. That I get to walk this new life as a new creation in you. And because I believe that, Lord, and because I know that's what you did in my life, I make you my Lord and my Savior. Lord, help me to walk this life with you. We thank you in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Let's give those people a hand. Hey, if you just prayed with me, if you rose your hand, I want to encourage you to go to the Connect Center. We have a free Bible we want to give you. You can also get that free uh, Starbucks card if you want. Um, and just tell them, hey, I just said yes, and we want to celebrate with you. Uh, and we just want to uh, let you know what the uh, great next steps. And actually, a great next step is this. Next week at all the services, we are doing baptisms. Now, if you have never gotten baptized, I want to encourage you. It is a symbolic act of putting your old self into the grave, which is the water, and then coming out, out of the water, a new creation, new in Jesus Christ. It's this incredible, powerful, symbolic act that if you've never gotten baptized, for if you just prayed, I encourage you to get baptized. If you haven't got baptized, go get baptized. We're going to do it after all the services next week. Bring some family and friends to celebrate with you. It's going to be an awesome time. Um, is that good? I think that's it. Um, let's pray for the tithe and offering. Lord Jesus, we thank you for the generosity of this church and the people who give. God, that, that really believes in the vision that you have instilled in Anchor Church for uh, uh, bringing your word, your gospel to Kanyo and the winter side and to all the people that 
that uh, we are in contact with. Lord, I pray that you use this a tithe and offering for your glory and for us to even um, to impact and make a difference in other people's lives. In Jesus' name, amen.